Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, let's take about 30 more seconds and give God great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, we worship you. Jesus, we give you great praise. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Amen. It feels good to be in the house of the Lord here on this Wednesday night. Been good to be with God's people. Been looking forward to what the Lord has been doing and what the Lord's going to do. If you have your Bibles, we're going to turn open to two passages passages of Scripture. The book of Psalms, chapter 68, and verse number 19. And the book of Psalms, chapter 103, verses 1 through 5. Amen. Psalms, chapter 68, and verse number 19. Hallelujah. We also got to, as you're turning there, we want to make one more announcement. We're going to start announcing it, that we are coming up on the holiday season. I know that seems kind of crazy to think about. The holiday season's coming up, and uh, we're coming. This is the last, we're about to enter the last quarter of the year. And so, uh, with that being said, we're going to be, Christmas this Sunday, uh, this year is on a Sunday, so we're going to be doing a Christmas Eve service instead so we can let everybody continue on with their family time at Christmas. Just want to put that plug out there. It'll be earlier in the day. We'll have some food. It'll be a great time to gather together, but we just want to put that out there, and uh, everybody said amen. Psalm chapter 68 and verse number 19, blessed be the Lord who daily, everybody said daily, Loadeth us with benefits. Everybody say benefits. I like that word. Even the God of our salvation say law. Psalms 103, verse number 1. The word of the Lord declares, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Everybody shout benefits. What are these benefits? Who forgiveth all thine iniquities, who healeth all thy diseases, who redeemeth thy life from destruction, who crowneth thee with loving kindness and tender mercies, who satisfies your mouth with good things so that your youth is renewed like the eagles. Amen. Bless the Lord, O my soul. And forget not all his benefits. Amen. I wanted to take tonight, step off of our standard Bible study that we've been going through, Matthew 5, 6, and 7. And I want to preach to us for a few moments on this subject, God's benefit package. God's benefits package. Hallelujah. Would you set down your Bibles and lift up your hands and let's pray. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm thankful for what we feel in this house. And I believe, God, you're doing great things, and you're going to continue to do great things. Hallelujah, Lord. And I'm praying, God, that you would touch this word, that it would bless your people, God, that we would walk out of this place, God, more excited about living for you than we ever have been, God, that you would multiply the joy of the Lord that is our strength. And God, we're giving you great glory and honor and praise in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Let's give God a hand clap of praise in Jesus' name. 
Hallelujah. God bless you. You may be seated. Brother Worley, if I could just get a little more monitor up here. You don't have to blast them out there. Just amen. Hallelujah. God's benefits package. We are driven by a reward system. There are two things that drive human actions. Beyond, beyond the two main motivators of our nature, which is fear and love, there are two things that drive our actions. And those things are, first and foremost, necessities. Food, sleep, shelter, those kinds of things. In fact, this is where most people live their life. For those that have studied psychology and uh, just different things of the sort, you might remember Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And he postulated that there were, uh, there were five real things that people needed. And before they could go to the next level, they had to have the first one taken care of. Before you could get all the way to the top of the pyramid, which was self-actualization, which is becoming the best version of you, you first got to handle the lower levels, such as food. It's hard to think about becoming the best version of yourself when you're starving. Well, none of us are starving, so we're doing all right. Amen. It's hard to think about improvement when you are worried about whether or not you're going to have a roof over your head. It is hard to progress, amen, to being a, a great thinker or a great poet or a great writer if you are constantly fighting these lower level things. And so our first drive is for the necessities. And one of those necessities is the avoidance of pain. This is why most people will skip out or opt out of certain things because there is some association of pain, whether it be discomfort, whether it be physical pain or just uh, emotional stress. They avoid it. This is what is driving them. Secondly, the second driving factor is rewards. Any object, event, or activity can be a reward if it motivates us, if it causes us to learn. If it elicits pleasurable feelings, it is a reward. But how do our brains compute the value of a reward, and how does it translate into action? The answer lies in the brain's circuitry known as the reward system. Neurons in different regions of our brain comprising the reward system communicate using this thing that we've heard of. It's called dopamine. Amen. I, I, I'm not one to just continually think that we are nothing more than chemicals, but we'd be stupid to think that chemicals don't play some level in our brain and, and our bodies. Amen. This is why it's important that what you put in your body and it's important what you take and what you inject and what you eat and what you drink, all of that matters. It, it affects the whole of man. And so this thing called dopamine, neurons release dopamine. They're activated when we expect to receive a reward. Dopamine, uh, although it is, it is abused, this is what makes drug addicts drug addicts because it is eliciting a dopamine response. But did you know that scrolling through social media does the same thing? Did you know that, now I'm not saying that they're the same consequence of life. 
It's a big difference between scrolling through social media and being addicted to meth. There's a big difference on what it does. But it still sends a small amount up there to your brain. And, and it's the same thing sugar does. This is why America's struggling with diabetes and America's struggling with uh, obesity and all these things. And I know some of those are genetic. You can't get beyond it. But, but above and beyond that, it's the, it's the immediate reaction that we all have because there is a reward that we are expecting to receive. Dopamine also enhances reward-related memories. It strengthens the synapses, which are basically the junctions where the neurons pass through the, the messages in the brain's learning and memory center. It is this dopamine in the signaling areas of the brain that process emotions and regions involved in planning and reasoning. It also creates emotional associations with rewards. Ice cream. Everybody got happy right there. You, didn't, you don't even have ice cream, but you're thinking about ice cream. You're thinking about Oreos. Amen. Everybody got happy. You tell a kid you're going to give them candy. You haven't even given it to them yet, and they get a smile on their face. Something has happened in the reward center of their brain. In other words, it is not the reward itself, but it is the expectation of reward that most powerfully influences an emotional reaction and an emotional response from you and I. Amen. In other words, we are driven by our brain's reward system, and our reward system is driven by our expectations. Everybody shout expectations. Amen. I've got a question for you here today. What are your expectations of God? Well, hallelujah. You were wondering if I'd ever going to get to the scripture. Let me get to the scripture for you. He said, bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all of his benefits. What is David saying? David is saying that there's some expectations that we should have on God. There's some expectations that we should have in God. Amen. I want to help somebody jog your memory here tonight. Uh, amen. What are your expectations of God? Uh, what are your expectations when you pray? Uh, what are your expectations when you fast? Well, I don't want to fast. I'm just going to be hungry and I'm going to be irritable. That's the expectation you placed. Uh, and the reward system in your brain uh, is saying avoid it. Uh, avoid it. Uh, avoid it. Uh, avoid the pain. Uh, avoid the discomfort. Uh, avoid the hunger. Uh, but if you You've got a different expectation that this fast, as the Bible would say, is to break the bands of wickedness. It's going to bring revival to my family. It, a whole nother reward system starts going off and says, I can't wait until the next day I push away the plate. I can't wait until the next prayer meeting because the word of the Lord declares, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray. Can I preach to somebody, if you knew your prayers affected heaven and that heaven would affect earth, what kind of prayers would you pray? Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. If you got the wrong expectation of prayer, if you got the wrong anticipation of what it's going to do, you will not want to pray. If prayer is nothing more than punching a clock, you're not going to want to pray. If I told you right now you could use your cell phone 
and you could call whoever it might be, powerful person, uh, maybe it's Elon Musk, and you could have a conversation with him. It'd be like, wow, you mean I could talk to a very, very wealthy individual? I don't think there's one person in this room that wouldn't at least take the opportunity. Put your petition out there. I want to tell you, we have a king of kings and lord of lords that's above all. He's wealthier than anybody. He's got, he's, the Bible says he got the cattle on a thousand hills. In fact, the word of the Lord declares about God that the earth is the Lord's, the fullness thereof. Amen. The world and they that dwell therein. Doesn't matter what you need, God can supply it. It doesn't matter what you're facing, God can make a way. Amen. When you realize uh, that all it takes, uh, amen, you don't need to send an email. You got to send an email. You got to hit your knees uh, and you got to lift up your hands and begin to call on the name of the Lord. When you call on the name of the Lord, uh, amen, the righteous run into him and they are saved. But if you got the wrong expectation of God, expectation of prayer, it's just going to be a waste of my time. Then that's exactly what's going to happen up here. What is your expectation when you worship? Well, I like the beat. I like the music. So I'm going to worship today. I didn't like that song, so I'm going to sit back, relax. But what if I told you worship's not about you? Well, hallelujah. What if I told you that no matter what we do in this, in this entire service, that the only part that's not for you was the worship service? Well, hallelujah. When you pray, it's for you. When you hear the word of God, it's the engrafted word of God that's able to save your souls. That's for you. When you go to the altar and you let God touch you, you let God fill you with the Holy Ghost, that's for you. But when you lift up, the Bible says it's a sacrifice of praise, the fruit of our lips. God created you to be a worshiper. It's the only thing God is looking for. John chapter 4, the Father seeketh such to worship him. God's looking for worshipers. If your expectation is, what am I going to get out of worship? You're not going to want to worship because you may not get much out of it. But if your expectation is, I'm going to give God praise and God's going to be glorified. You're going to want to do it. Oh, somebody ought to give him praise. Come on, when you clap your hands, when you shout, when you dance, it's for him. It's for him. Hallelujah. What is your expectation when you go to church? Well, the preacher's going to get up there and drown on and it's going to talk and talk and talk. Probably. Probably will. But what would happen if we changed our mindset? Hallelujah. Amen. You know, every time Jesus entered the house, miracles happened. Mm. When Jesus entered the room, things shifted in the atmosphere. And amen. When Jesus stepped into the people and they were mourning because the daughter had died, it was death. It was a funeral. But when Jesus showed up, the whole room changed. They were crying, they were weeping, and they were mourning. Uh, but when Jesus entered the room, uh, all of a sudden they were shouting and they were excited uh, because what was dead came back to life. Uh, amen. Can I preach to somebody uh, in the house of God? Uh, when you come to the house of the Lord, there's no telling what God's about to do. Amen. All we got to do is invite him into the room. And when he comes in the room, uh, if you are sick in your body, uh, he can heal you. If you need forgiveness, uh, he can forgive you. If you need to live he can deliver you, but you got to get ready for it. I am convinced 
that this above and beyond just about anything else. That our mindset around our expectations are driving us closer to or further away from God. If we perceive any of those things as painful or uncomfortable, we are less likely to involve ourselves in them or repeat them. If prayer is, if the expectation on prayer is I'm going to feel God the whole time I'm praying, you'll pray as long as you feel God. Well, but if you know the expectation is I'm having a communication with my heavenly father, then you know the message was sent, the message was received, uh, and whether I feel him, whether I hear him, I know that what I did, uh, amen, is affecting heaven and affecting earth. If I feel like it's just going to cause me trouble, it's just going to cause me pain, it's just going to be a waste of my time, you're less likely to do it. Church is just a waste of time. You're less likely to go. If it's too far, if it's too hard, if it's too long, if it's, if it's too much, if it's just one of those things that, I, you know, I can, I can put it off another week. I can put it off. We're less likely to do it. We distance ourselves from those activities. Uh, however, amen, because I didn't come to preach about all the negative. I came to preach about the benefits. Uh, however, if the thought of those activities excites you, If the thoughts of those activities energize you, if the thoughts of going to church somehow spark a flame in your soul, if prayer somehow gets you excited about getting a hold of your heavenly Father, if worship elicits feelings of joy unspeakable and full of glory, if prayer is something that you know is affecting your situation, and it's changing you, then you're more likely to do them again and again and again and again. Somebody ought to clap your hands and give God praise. Can I preach to somebody? This is why the writer was encouraging us that we need to refocus our soul. Refocus our soul and to remember all the benefits that God gives to us. He said this, oh bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. The Hebrew verb translates forget means to lose memory or remembrance of. But it can also mean to ignore, to cease to care about. If you forget God's benefits, if you forget God's blessings, sometimes we are ignoring God's blessings. Sometimes we become forgetful because all we can see is the mountain around us, but we can't see how many mountains he's brought us over. If you're not enjoying all the benefits and all the blessings that God has for you right now, there's probably two main reasons that you're not. Number one, either you don't know about his benefits and his blessings, and I come to help somebody that doesn't know about his benefits and blessings. Hey, listen, not only did you get hired in the kingdom, he's going to pay you that penny just like everybody else. Not only did you get welcomed into the greatest corporation the world's ever known uh, called the church, uh, it's not only the greatest corporation, it's the greatest kingdom. Uh, it's the greatest reigning throne. Uh, it's, 
The Bible says of his kingdom and of his government and peace, there shall be no end. There's going to be increase upon increase upon increase. Amen. God speaks of his people. They're the head and not the tail. They're above and not beneath. When you get in God's kingdom, you go up. When you get in God's kingdom, you elevate. When you get in God's kingdom, life gets better. When you get in God's kingdom, you really get to live. When you get in God's kingdom, you get all the benefits associated with God. Man, either you don't know about God's benefits, or number two, you are forgetting to act on God's word concerning those benefits. Amen. These, these are the two main reasons why God's blessings aren't manifested in the believer's lives. God's word is full of blessings and benefits for us. But the only way to take advantage of those benefits is for us to find out what God, God's word has to say about them. And we must enact those promises and we must believe in those promises. We must then continually remember to act upon those promises in our everyday life. It's not enough to mentally say, I believe God. you got to take God at his word. Amen. I want to preach to some givers for a moment. If you're a giver, amen, and you're faithful to God, amen, and you have been going through a hard time, this is the only place in the scripture where God said, prove me now herewith. If I won't open up the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing, you don't have room enough to receive. And if it wasn't enough that God blessed and benefited you with extra blessings because of your faithfulness, he said, and also, one more thing I'm going to do for you. I will rebuke the devourer for your sake. Can I preach to somebody that's got invested in God's kingdom? Uh, there's some benefits that go along with that. Uh, some people that have invested themselves. Uh, God will defend you uh, and God will rebuke the thing that's devouring away. You can look up to heaven and say, God, I followed your plan. Uh, God, I followed your word. Uh, and in my everyday normal life, uh, I'm calling you to follow your word as well. Uh, I'm holding you at your word. Uh, I need you to rebuke some things uh, that have been devouring from me. I need you to rebuke some things that have been stealing from me. I need you to rebuke some things and give back to me everything the adversary stole. Oh, somebody ought to clap your hands and give God a shout of praise. Come on, we ought to give God praise here tonight. If you're in the house of the Lord, you're part of the benefits package. If you're in the house of the Lord, you're part of God's benefits package. We must act upon the word. We must act upon his benefits package. For instance, if you went to work for a company and the HR, we got HR in the house of the Lord right over here, Sister Amber, if you need anybody to complain to, you talk to her. I don't like the church. Talk to her. Praise God. We're going to have resident HR members in the church. Praise God. But if you wanted to know what the benefits are, they'd give you a rundown of your employee benefits. In fact, you know what's powerful? Is this one of the first things they do? You know why? They don't want to just hire you and you leave next week. Because turnover, well, 
Turnover is one of the most expensive things in any company. And to retain, if you can retain, in fact, employees are the greatest cost to any company. And if they can retain, it costs more to train than it does to retain. And so they want to retain you. They may not act like it all the time. Your boss might be a punk sometimes. But if they were to be honest, and if it was their company, they'd want to hold on to you. This is why before you ever signed the dotted line, before you ever filled out the application, somebody up at the top said we got to give them an extra incentive that goes beyond just paying their bills we got to give them an incentive to show up to work day in and day out we got to remind them why they come above and beyond just paying a couple bills so somebody smarter than us got a benefits package together and before you ever showed up i came to preach to somebody before, well, you know what? I just don't know about the church. Before you ever showed up to church, there was a benefits package waiting for you. Well, life's a struggle. Life's hard. Yeah, you're right. Uh, but if you could get in the kingdom, that benefits package is for you. Uh, let, yeah, unemployment's difficult. But if you get that job, there's a benefits package that's waiting for you. And your worst day in the company, your worst day in the kingdom is still better than your best day without. Hallelujah. Can I preach to somebody? When you understand God's benefits package, you realize greater is one day in your courts than a thousand elsewhere. When when I consider everything around me, uh, I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God, uh, amen, than do anything else, uh, anywhere else, uh, with anybody else. Uh, when I consider uh, the benefits of God, uh, I'd rather be in the house of the Lord than anywhere else. Somebody ought to shout and give God praise. Come on, let's give God praise. Praise him for his benefits. Bless him for his benefits. Amen. You could leave the office as soon as you get that benefits package and go about the humdrum of working your new job. And you could. In fact, some of you have. Forget about all the company benefits they just told you that belong to you. Why do they belong to you? For no other reason than you work for the company. If you forget about your employee benefits, you won't be able to enjoy them. For example, time passes and, and another employee asks you, why would you take that day off without pay? Don't you know you could have gotten that day with pay? And you look at them perplexed because you forgot the benefits package that you get paid time off. And you're thinking, oh, man, I've been just trying to make ends meet, trying to make it work so I could have that day off. But because you forgot the benefit that you have PTO, you got some paid time off. Uh, you forgot the benefit. Uh, and so, therefore, no matter how much you own the benefit, uh, no matter how much the benefit is available to you, uh, if you never use the benefit, you don't know it, but I'm already preaching now. If you never use the benefit, it's as if you never had the benefit. But if you got a revelation of the benefits package, if you got a revelation of the benefits package, everything that's there belongs to you. Everything that's there is available to you. Everything that's there can use be used by you. 
when somebody reminds you about the benefits that you forgot, it jogs your memory. But because you forgot about it, you hadn't been enjoying that particular privilege, even though it belonged to you. You know, believers do the same thing. Too often we forget about the benefits that belong to us in Jesus. All of God's wonderful benefits that belong to us that were secured for us by Jesus Christ in his redemptive work on Calvary. You know what this is like? I'm close to being none than you think. Hallelujah. But, but let me help somebody. Let me, let me help you understand what this is like. The prodigal son goes out and wastes everything. And we preach about the prodigal son. He wasted everything, riotous living. He took the benefits package and he ran with it. Now, he didn't do right with it, but he ran with it. There's some folks that have ran with anointing and done, hadn't done right with anointing. There's some people have gotten blessed by God. Amen. Now that they don't need God anymore, they leave the church. Uh, there's some people that God finally helped them out. Uh, I know people that they were real good when they were broke, but the moment they got blessed, they split. Uh, there's some people that when they were getting rides to church, they were doing all right. But the moment they got themselves a new whip, you never saw them again. Uh, there's some people that were doing good when they were unemployed, uh, amen, or not as employed as they would like, uh, amen, part-time or just sometime. Uh, and and all of a sudden they get to the place where they've got more than enough uh, and you never see them again. Uh, what happened? Uh, they forgot who gave them the benefit. That's prodigal. And you don't have to be somebody out there doing drugs and alcohol to be a prodigal. You can be a prodigal in the house of the Lord uh, because you take what God has given to you, the benefits, uh, but the benefits are no longer connected to the Father and the benefits are no longer connected to God and the benefits are just about me and about what I want uh, and the benefits have gone awry and eventually if you don't remember who gave you the benefits, uh, you lose the benefits. If you forget the job that gave you the benefits and stop showing up, it doesn't matter how much you love the benefits. You lose the benefits. And I've seen people walk out on God, and they lose everything that God ever gave to them, and they got to come crawling back. I'm not trying to preach hell, but I'm going to help somebody. You can go through hell on earth if you just forgot about who gave the benefit, but you can go through heaven on earth if you never forget the Lord that gave you the benefit. We don't talk about the prodigal's brother. Well, let me preach about the prodigal's brother. They both did wrong. One took the benefits package and ran off with it, and the other one forgot the benefits. In fact, when the father said, let's slay the fatted calf and throw a party, that brother came moping out and said, oh, you never threw me a party. Hey, I've met a few folk like this in church. You never, you never clapped me, you never just high-fived me and said, welcome back, because you never left. We ain't going to high-five you and say, welcome back. You never left. And praise God, you never left. Uh, well, I, I didn't get the attention. You know what? When you're in a hospital, you triage, and you find the people that need help. Uh, amen. Well, the pastor never called me. Uh, I, well, I, I'd love to call you, but you know what? There's so many other people that sometimes need a call because if they don't get a call, they're going to die. Uh, amen. There's some people that if the doctor doesn't come by, uh, they're going to pass away. While you're just bleeding and need a couple stitches, uh, that person needs a triple bypass. Uh, and sometimes uh, we get to be like the prodigal's brother. Huh? Well, we, we, you, 
never did this for me. You never did that for me. I didn't come to preach to anybody in particular, but I might as well preach because this is a spirit in Pentecost. Well, if they just did it for me like they did it for them, then I would be happier. And the father rebuked him and said, don't you remember the benefits? You owned every fatted calf on the farm. Don't complain about the one you didn't get. He said you own them all. And if you ever recognize who you are and what authority you have, you throw yourself a party and say the benefits are overloading me every day. Oh, somebody lift up your hands. Let's stand across the building. Come on, let's pray all across this building. He loadeth me daily with benefits. One ran off with the benefits. One forgot about them. One never used them. Both wasted the benefits. Both wasted the benefits. But God sent a preacher to tell you there's another option. You can remember the Lord that gave you the benefits. And you can remember and use the benefits as well. David put it this way, that, that his benefits, he forgives all. Everybody say all. All your iniquities. Don't ever forget about the benefit called forgiveness. Pastor, you just don't know what I've done. You don't know where I was. You don't know who I was with. You're right, I don't. And I'm kind of glad about it. And you should be too. But you know what my Bible tells me? One of the benefits, he forgives all your iniquities. (laughs) Well, somebody ought to get excited about that because there's some folks, such were some of you. Hallelujah. I know we try to act all holy like we got it all together. But if we were to show it up here on the screen, what you were doing and what you've been doing, uh, amen, there's everybody we running out of this building. uh, But thanks be to God that he forgives all your iniquities. The Bible says, That if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us of all. Everybody say all. All All of our sins and cleanse us from all. Everybody say all. All All our unrighteousness. You mean to tell me that I can have a second chance? Yes. It's part of the benefits package. You mean to tell me I could have a third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, ten million chance? Yes, it's part of the benefits package of the cross of Calvary. Here we go. Here's one we don't like to talk about too much. Who healeth all. Everybody say all. Your diseases. I want to help somebody here today. That healing is available. Well, preacher, I prayed for it and it hasn't happened yet. You know what? Sometimes you fill out that paperwork. PTO hadn't been, hadn't been approved by Sister Amber yet. And, but you know what? Sometimes you send up your request to heaven, and it hasn't been approved yet. But that doesn't mean God's not going to come through. Oh, I wish somebody believed me. Who healeth all your diseases? It's part of the benefits package. I got the greatest health care package that this world's ever seen. He healeth all. He healeth all. With his stripes, we are healed. 
These signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Uh, they shall lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. Uh, amen. Is any sick among you? Let him call for the elders of the church, uh, and let them anoint him with oil, and pray, uh, and the Lord shall raise them up. Uh, and furthermore, if they committed any sins, it shall be forgiven uh, them. Uh, can I preach to somebody uh, that when you come into the kingdom, uh, you've got a health benefits package uh, that's better than Blue Cross, Blue Shield, uh, better than Renown, better than anything else you can find, uh, and when you come into the kingdom and you can say, Lord, I'm sick in my body and I can't go and get it fixed by anybody else, it's going to take a miracle. The Bible declares the Lord heals all. I feel like one of the things we are losing is the belief in God's ability to heal. That's forgetting the benefits. Well, what if you pray for them, they die, or they get sick, or they stay sick? I'm still going to pray for the next one. Hey, if I die, Jesus just likes me better than you. He, if I die, I'm going to die doing something for God. If I die, he just wanted to see me in heaven and let me help somebody. He does heal all your diseases. Because last time I checked, uh, when you get to heaven, he wipes away every tear from their eye. There's neither sickness uh, nor sorrow. And death itself uh, has been defeated. What are you saying, preacher? It's part uh, of God's benefits package. Uh, amen. The Bible declares he redeems you from destruction. You know those times where you knew you went off the rails? And you knew you made shipwreck. And you knew everything was falling apart. And you knew it was your fault. And it wasn't just an act of forgiveness. But it was God coming in and repairing the damage before you made shipwreck. Complete and utter destruction. I've come to help somebody. God redeems you from destruction. Well, well I don't, I've not seen that. Hey, you know how many times, when we get to heaven, we're going to see an image of every car wreck we could have been in. Just my personal belief. Everything that could have happened to us, well, God, God hasn't healed me. How do you know? Well, well, God hadn't done this. How do you know? You might have been sick, not even knowing you. Something was wrong with you, and God was healing you. And you might have been about to go in the wrong direction, and God caused somebody uh, to slam into the side of your car. And what little did you know what was what was an accident could have been a fatal accident if God had to run you off the road. It's part of the benefits package. The steps of a good man are order the Lord, and he delights in his way, who crowns you with loving kindness and tender mercies. Uh, the Bible says uh, it is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Uh, his mercies are new every morning. Uh, his faithful love uh, doesn't cease, and it doesn't stop. Uh, he loves you while you're a sinner. He loves you when you're ungodly. Uh, he loves you when you don't even love yourself. Uh, it's part of the benefits package. And above me on that, he satisfies your mouth with good things. Taste and see that the Lord, he is good. God, make sure that in this life that the Bible declares is but a few days and full of trouble. He makes sure there's some real sweet moments in there. For every one bitter moment you and I go through, I want to tell you, God, somebody said, why is there pain in the world? I got a question. With sin in the world, why isn't there more pain? 
If you compare our sin to the holiness of God, why is there not more turmoil? Why is there not more war? Why is there not more pestilence? Why is there not more things going wrong? If we really considered how wicked we are for our sins, and yet God decides somewhere in the middle of this, in spite of everything they've done, I'm going to give them a little extra blessing on the top of it all, that when they're having a hard day, I'm just going to give them something to cheer them up. That in those moments when life is tough, I'm going to make sure they got something sweet to their taste. That when everything seems to be going upside down, I'm going to make sure there's something that satisfies them. It's part of God's benefits package. Psalms 116 and 12, I'm done here. What shall I render or give to the Lord for all his benefits to me? That's what David said. I will take the cup of salvation. If you know that salvation from your sins is available and it's part of the benefits package, you know the greatest thing, the greatest insult you could ever do to the benefits package? Is to not do anything with it. David said, I'll take. What shall I do with the benefits God's offering to me? I'll take it. He said, I'll call in the name of the Lord. I'll pay my vows in the presence of his people. Later on, he says, you've loosed my bounds, so I will offer to you the sacrifice of thanksgiving. Amen. God's not saying you got to do anything for these benefits, but what is David saying? I'm going to be thankful for every benefit that he loads me with. I'll pay my vows to the Lord in the presence of all his people. He said, I will praise the Lord. By refocusing on the benefits, we are rewiring our brains. If church is a have to, it's never going to be something you want to do. Somebody said, if you live for God easy, it's going to be very, very difficult, very hard. But if you live for God hard, it's going to be really, really easy. If you come and you're part way in, you're going to wish you weren't. But if you come and jump all the way in, the water's real nice. If you just dive in... You're going to realize, man, the benefits go beyond that, which I can even comprehend. Uh, this is what happens when we refocus our minds uh, off of the have-tos and turn it around to a get-to. If you say, I have to go to work tomorrow, you hate your job. And listen, you probably got every reason to think that. Your job might be very difficult. But what would happen if you changed your mindset and said, man, I get to go to work tomorrow? Ooh. It's better than waking up in the hospital. Ooh, man, I, I get to go home. I don't have to go home. I got a home to go to. Uh, I get to. What happens uh, if we say, God, uh, I don't have to go to church. Uh, I get to go to church. Uh, there's people that don't get to go to church, but I get to go to church. Uh, I don't have to lift my hands. I get to lift my hands. Uh, I don't have to clap my hands. I get to clap my hands. Uh, I don't have to praise the Lord. I get to praise the Lord. Uh, I don't have to pray. I get to pray. Uh, I don't have to give. I get to be a blessing. I don't have to shout. I get to shout. I don't just have to be forgiven. I get the opportunity to be forgiven. If we 
rewire ourselves to see the benefits and remember the benefits of the Lord. It rewires our brain, our brain into seeing the activity as more attractive. This is going to help somebody's walk with God tonight. Mm. Changing your mindset. A man in a wheelchair was once asked by another man who had his legs working just fine. He asked the man in the wheelchair how he felt being confined to his wheelchair. This is the mindset of somebody who's got legs that are working. How do you feel being confined to your wheelchair? And the man in the wheelchair responded, Sir, I'm not confined to my wheelchair. I'm liberated by it. If it wasn't for my wheelchair, I would be bound to my bed. Oh, what a perspective change. Oh, what a perspective change. One said, uh, you have to be there. But one said, I get to be here. I get to move. I get to be mobile. Can I help somebody? When we see the benefits package of God, it should shift our mind to say, I don't have to live for God. I get the opportunity to live for God. I was glad when they said unto me, let us go into the house of the Lord. I wonder if there's anybody in this building that maybe something shifted in your mind. When you first got saved, all you could think about was, I can't wait for the next church service. I can't wait for the next moment to be in God's presence. I can't wait for the next fellowship. I can't wait for the next opportunity to be with God's people. I can't wait. I, there's people, amen, like myself. I walked to get to church. I wasn't. I had to beg for rides to get to church. I don't want to lose that 20 years in. Amen, If I, have, I might be pastoring, but I want to be in the house of the Lord even if I'm not preaching. I want to be with God's people even if there's something else going on that I may not prefer. Why? Because I remember his benefits. His people, could it be, and I don't have anybody in mind, but the Holy Ghost just spoke this in my spirit this week. If there's somebody that has framed things the wrong way, and God sent a preacher to tell you, reframe it. Now the Lord is that spirit, and where the spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. Man, it's so liberating being with God's people. Man, it's so freeing being in the presence of the Lord. Man, it's so freeing being able to lift my hands. Man, it's so freeing being able to live for God. Man, it's so freeing to be able to wake up and know my name. Man, it's so freeing, amen, to be able to come to the house of the Lord and lay all my burdens down at the altar. Man, it's so liberating. Would you lift up your hands as we pray? Don't forget God's benefits package. He loads you daily with benefits. I pray tonight that God would open up our eyes because I, I put myself in that category. Sometimes I forget some of the benefits that God has given to me. 
I've got, got a life I don't deserve. I've got a family I don't deserve. I've got a church I don't deserve. I, I, I know where I come from. I know where God pulled me out of. And, and uh, you don't know like I know what the Lord's done for me. And uh, when I think about Jesus and all he's done for me, my soul uh, cries hallelujah. Thank God uh, for saving me. When I, when I consider uh, what I had before God to what I have after God, when I think about the benefits of God, when I think about the benefits of the church, when I think about the benefits of fellowship, when I think about the benefits of prayer, when I think about the benefits of family, I think to myself, bless the Lord, oh my soul. I want to open up this altar. Would you come? This is an opportunity to remind yourself of every benefit. you got to come up here and say, God, thank you for your benefits. God didn't ask anything of you for the benefits. They came from Calvary. The benefits are there. They're already yours. But David said, what am I going to do with them? I'll take them. I'll receive them. And I'll say thank you. And I'll praise the Lord amongst Great his people. Is your faithfulness Come on. Come on, think about where you'd be without the benefit of God. Where would your family be? Where would your marriage be? Where would your soul be? Bless the Lord. Oh, my soul. We ought to just say thank you, Jesus. Give him praise in the midst of the congregation. The benefits are yours. Use them. The benefits are yours. Use them. And just be grateful to God for the benefits. You don't got to work for it. You don't got to pay for it. God gave it to you. It's there right now. If you've been good, it's there. If you've been bad, it's there. If you failed this week, the benefits are still there. Just say thank you, Jesus. Great 
to age though the earth may pass away your word remains the same your history can prove there's nothing you can do you're faithful and true though the storms may come and the winds may blow I'll remain steadfast and let my heart learn when you speak Come on, that's it. The Holy Ghost is moving. Don't forget the benefits. Somebody say thank you, Jesus. Is your faithfulness to me?
Gabriel, let's lift up our hands. Come on, let's sing that. Thank you, Jesus, in your spirit. Your name, great is your faithfulness to me. 